this is an experiment, you know, like I've never done this before. I've never done so many of the things I am doing now ever in my life. So like my family doesn't necessarily get it. Society doesn't necessarily get it. Culture doesn't necessarily get it. And I have to return to myself and be like, well, do I get it? Is this still right for me? Check in with myself. And thankfully, like I, I feel like I do have an incredibly powerful person to do that with in Brittany. And thankfully, because through sharing, through sharing that, <laughs> that non-traditional path, we found a lot of other people to offer us a hand in that and just say like, hey, mm. I know what you're talking about. I mean, that, that really makes a big difference. Okay. Wow. Okay. It's going to be really emotional. There is no loss for being honest. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. Feel towards the world, like questioning, challenging, say something. Raw and vulnerable and open conversation. That was the best part. I'm scared of friendship. Taking a breath. Just talk. Shame and guilt, vulnerabilities. That was about the best thing. What does it really mean to be friends? But we trust the you. real work that we do is overcoming our insecurities every day and learning how to love more. It has examples of the change we want to see in the world. Taking a breath. So if we just take a breath, well, my face is on fire from the doctors. <laughs> to have healthier relationships with women, they need healthier relationships with other men. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. So I'm in an open relationship with my husband, and my husband and I sold our house ten months ago. We have twins that are four years old. We travel around the world, and this is my boyfriend. Thank you so much for listening to Amory podcast. One of the things that you've probably heard me say over the course of this podcast is that all relationships are learning vehicles. You've also probably heard me say that the learning path of polyamory is pretty steep. And one of the things that we have to deal with all of us at different moments are the feelings of jealousy. And that's why I'm so excited to share that we've newly released our online program called Transforming Jealousy. This is a lot of our learnings all packed into dozens of unique audios that you'll only hear in that course, as well as writings, some journal things, um, some of our fellow Amory community members sharing their perspectives and learnings on jealousy. And it's also continuing to grow as we continue to learn and add more. We would love for you to check it out. You can take a look at what we've included in there in the program by clicking on the link of our Instagram bio or going to emerypodcast.com. And you can take a look at um, that program, Transforming Jealousy, as well as the accompanying webinars. Now there are webinars that we'll do uh, between one and three a week, and those will be included for free when you purchase the online program, Transforming Jealousy. There are also standalone webinars if you're kind of like, well, I need a little tweak here with processing my fears and, oh, I really want to understand why it's so important for me to become aware of my own needs and wants in the relationship so that I can move through my jealousy quicker. All of those and more will be available as webinars and included in the the program Transforming Jealousy. If you can't tell, I'm super excited. I personally poured a lot of my own learnings into there and I'm so happy to share with you. I hope that it supports you on your learning curve of practicing polyamory or exploring open relationships. 
Also remember that we do offer one-on-one coaching, so please reach out to us um, via direct message on Instagram if you'd like to set up a coaching program. Otherwise, we're happy to share learnings for free in this podcast, so we hope that you enjoy, and thank you so much for spending a little time with us. Hi, welcome to Amory, where it's our intention to bring more love into the world, one vulnerable conversation at a time. For many of you, the people that I interviewed on this next podcast need no introduction. But for those of you who haven't heard about Connor and Brittany, let me tell you about them. I stumbled across one of their YouTube videos about a year ago, right when um, we had just recorded our first or maybe second episode of Amory. And I was so happy and so astounded and thrilled to see them sharing their polyamorous journey so openly and with such love and vulnerability. Um, I'm pretty sure I cried when I watched that first video. And um, I've loved seeing them unfold their journey over the last year or two as they've had a child together and um, very recently and then moved in actually with one of their partners. Um, So they were living the three of them along with the baby. And then most recently, uh, Connor moved out. And it was at that point when I watched a video of them describing that process, the decision um, that Connor made to move out, and the love that they still share between each other and how they're allowing their relationship to evolve. And there's even more in this podcast. That's why I had to reach out to them to see if they'd be willing to share some of their story with you, Emory friends. So you will see how thrilled I was just to talk to them. If you haven't heard of them, please check out their YouTube channel. They are prolific at sharing their story. They've got hundreds of videos. I know that you'll enjoy not only this podcast, but their other materials as much as I have. So without further ado, uh, please enjoy the podcast. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Connor. I am so, so, so excited to have an opportunity to talk with both of you today. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us, Megan. It's so great to be here with you. Yeah, and so Brittany and I had a fantastic conversation last week, which I thought got recorded, but it didn't get recorded, and so that will just live in my heart and in my memory as a beautiful <laughs> conversation. <laughs> and probably a <laughs> and probably a precursor to set the foundation for now an even more in-depth conversation with you too, which I honestly couldn't be more grateful for. I told Brittany the first time we spoke that I found you about a year ago after we recorded one or two episodes of Emory, and that it occurred to me to see if anybody else was sharing any stories that were similar. (laughs) I stumbled across your YouTube channel, and I I think I cried. (laughs) I think what you did for me was show me that people could share vulnerably and that you were willing to share your relationship with people and that you were on a similar learning path. And I just was so grateful. And then to see that you had so many followers that were interested in what you had to share, it was just this huge validation of this is possible. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for just being so open and vulnerable on your relationship journey. And I have so many questions, of course, we'll get into, (laughs) but I I have to start out by, by what a big impact you made on me personally and in my life. So thank you. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for that. I mean, I, every time someone in, I know this isn't quite the real life, but it's closer than like a comment, for example. So like anyone who is able to share anything, like you've affected me positively because of what you shared, it means so, so much to me. Cause I think it's easy for us to forget, not 
necessarily you and I, but just anyone who's putting out content, especially pushing like authenticity and honesty, it's just easy to forget that it does have an impact. Whatever you are sharing with the world, if it's coming from an honest and authentic place, I think it's really, really awesome. Yeah. And I love that you said that about like the impact and like like crying at first and like I I feel that and I feel like so grateful that you reached out to us because we haven't done much looking at what other people are offering and also simultaneously really wanting to connect with people who are doing similar things but as I'm sure you you know just like really in creating our content and being a, a family and all these different things yeah so you guys are prolific content creators and we will get to that. But what I'm so curious, so for anybody that is not aware of Connor and Brittany, all you have to do is Google them and you'll find a gajillion videos and more about so many different areas of life. So I wonder if you can summarize, if possible, the beginnings of your relationship and what made you want to share this journey. I mean, you, you are in the space of polyamory. You are also sharing so much about your lifestyle and parenting right now. I think I remember a comment, Brittany, you said in our last conversation that it, Connor wanted to start sharing more about your relationship journey. And you were like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm not quite sure if I'm ready to do that yet. Um, so Connor, what was your experience that in that? Still alive. <laughs> yeah, I definitely was excited, like just meeting Brittany and we had, we both had our own individual YouTube channels already. I was so excited to meet another YouTuber that I could collaborate with. And I was so in love and enamored with her and excited about what we were doing. I was ready to go, man. Like I was ready to do it. I was ready to start the YouTube business, have a baby, move in together. <laughs> let's get it going. So I was always pushing all those things. Brittany was, was for a little while. She was like, okay, let's like, yeah, I want that, but let's see. I was really like, oh, you those. know, I was on like this autonomous journey and I was like, well, I'm not sure I want to have a baby. I could support you and another partner having a baby. <laughs> Which I like, appreciated. Yeah. But I really wanted it with you. So I just kept, I was like, all right. Well, yeah. It's like, I don't really believe you. But yeah. No, you never said that. You were so supportive. I was. I was. But inside, I was sort of saying that. <laughs> yeah. I felt, yeah. It was. I feel like this is something I've always been so attracted to about you, which is like this like fire you have for like, let's do the thing. Like Connor and I will create an idea and be like, let's do it. And Connor's like, 100% like 200% belief that we got it is so attractive to me and I like love yeah. that and I think that's been a huge part of what's birthed so much in our business and in our lives and also at the beginning I was kind of like oh man like I really wanted to kind of like put our own relationship to the test before we started sharing it with the masses just a little bit so yeah. we did we were together for about a year and a few months before we started a YouTube channel well, yeah. So when you two met, it sounds like you both had had previous relationships. You both had marriages. Mm -hmm. And then you, when you got together, you decided that you were going to create your, the container of your relationship was open, an open relationship. Mm -hmm. So I'm so curious how you have gone from that through, I mean, if you could just summarize a little bit of your journey of where you started, uh, what you've been through and where you're at now. I know that that's the biggest question I could ask. For sure. No, I think I think I I at least feel like I've I've shared it enough times. I can do a, a good. Let's synopsis. hear. I bet you can. You know, I started dating, like actually dating, like when I was maybe fourteen or fifteen, and then when I was sixteen, I met this woman, well, girl at the time. We were both just little kids, really. Fell in love, and 
that was it for me. I was just, again, I was just 110% in, you know, I was ready to go. So I moved across the country with her. She got accepted into this college. And when I moved there when I was 17, we moved in together and that was it. I was with her for 12 years and it wasn't a bad relationship at all, but we didn't develop different ideas of what relationships could be. Like a lot of people get the opportunity to date around, you know, and you experiment and you experience what it is to be in relationship, what that all means. We were 16 and some of our communication skills never really progressed, I think, past Mm. 16. So it wasn't that I feel like monogamy failed me or that she failed me or I failed the relationship, but it really made sense that a separation was a healthy outcome. And then after that, I had a period of time where I just realized I really need some time for me. I want to be in connection with other people. And I was dating, but I let everyone know, like, I'm really trying not to get too deep with anyone. I I need some time for me. And then at some point, I had this kind of quasi poly experience thing that just kind of opened my mind to the possibility that, oh, I can like someone and this other person can like this person. And that's not a problem. I actually really like this other person too. And that's pretty cool. Like we can hang out and just like this other person together. So that kind of blew my mind. And then I met a couple who was polyamorous, had a kid, they were married, they were traveling, they were happy. And that blew my mind. And then I met Brittany. So I had a good setup kind of going for myself. I had a marriage of about six years and just had had a series of monogamous relationships throughout my life. Although when I was younger, I really felt like I would sometimes be dating like my in-school partner and then like my in-the-neighborhood partner or like I would like make out with my best friend for a few hours then we'd go to the roller rink and we each had our own partners at the roller rink and it was just like it felt so normal for me I never felt this is wrong or bad it was just like very like they both existed in harmony so that was kind of like it felt like innate within me but then the structure of what I had seen in relationship was always Mm -hmm. monogamy so I had a series of monogamous longish term partnerships. And then I, I married this being from Costa Rica, actually, and we were married for six years. And then when I separated from him, I really just felt there was more I wanted to explore. I wanted to live dreams that I felt like I couldn't do in connection with him because I felt attached to him. And I missed him when I was like out traveling and doing things he didn't want to do. And so then I had this other relationship after that, when, and I was still in that when I met Connor, And when we really started diving in together. So from the beginning, I had had another partner and we were just talking as friends for a while and then let each other know. We're like, hey, I'm totally in love with you. Had this amazing conversation one night and it was just like, oh, cool. So like, what are we going to do? And it was like never a thought like that I would end this other relationship. And I think it was just like always assumed we would be open. And so from the very beginning, we just talked about how we kind of like a relationship with no rules and open where there was space for us both to be all of ourselves and really to celebrate our love together and and to just start creating life together. And we're immediately like all in, run to be around each other. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that's so evident in what you create and what you put out there. What have been some of the biggest benefits of the lifestyle that you've created for yourself or this relationship without rules or rules that are allowed to change or agreements that change over time? What are, yeah, what are some, some benefits? For me, the biggest benefit is that I have been able to grow into more of myself than ever before, not just because Connor supports me, but because he is becoming more of himself too. And I feel us just like building off of each other 
in really sweet and gentle ways and really challenging hard ways. And in other relationships, I felt quite the opposite. I felt like often stifled and like I had to, I like, I wasn't growing as myself. And I also felt like sometimes stagnant or like, yeah, really stuck in something. So that is the number one thing for me is like, I've become more of myself alongside this being becoming more of themselves and just have way more to offer the world. Yeah, I would, it would pretty much just piggyback on that. But, you know, just want to add that I think this is something that all of us humans encounter is like this feeling of getting stuck in something. And we're not stuck creatures, you know, I think we're ever expanding creatures. So it's not that I think polyamory necessarily is the solution for everyone, but I think a relationship that allows and encourages expansion is really uh, just for everyone is going to be a good thing. And for me, yeah. and, and, I, and I think for you too, we decided like the best container for, for us in order to do that would be to allow exploration with other people, whether it's sexual mm-hmm. or romantic or conversation or yeah, just, just simple things that I know in my previous relationships were really not okay. And to be able to have a conversation about that, even when it's uncomfortable, especially when it's yeah. uncomfortable. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was going to go into the, the challenges, but I want to digress for a second here because I think you touch on a point that I find myself trying to reiterate again and again is that it's not about monogamy or polyamory. It's about creating the container of the relationship, i.e. the agreements, the boundaries, the expectations, the communication, and that that can shift based on, you know, partner's needs. And that always changes. And where I have felt stifled is that, and I didn't realize it until over the last couple of years, is that the container of marriage is like a default container. It's somebody gave you the rules of the engagement of that, and it's not changeable, really, throughout the course of a lifetime. And where I hope that we take where you're heading these conversations, where we try to bring our perspective through Amory, is that it's really about the empowerment of each person in relation to another person to create the container that works for themselves. But I find that sometimes monogamy and polyamory can be terms that are so, uh, they have their own stigma or, or beliefs attached to them as well. So it's a little less about that. Okay, so you know I have to go now into what have been the biggest challenges of this maybe non-traditional and more empowered relationship container, both for you and maybe what you've experienced just in the society that we live in. Yeah, I love that you, you bring up both things because I do see how much the cultural, the societal, the familial assumptions about how we are supposed to show up can become really burdensome when you're breaking away from that traditional path. And I think you have to be a a strong-willed person to some degree in order to really break away from those things and do what's right for you, especially when you don't necessarily know it's 100% right. You just have a feeling that it is. And really what it is, the the truth for me, and we've said it a, a lot of times, like this is an experiment, you know, like I've never done this before. I've never done so many of the things I am doing now ever in my life. So like my family doesn't necessarily get it. Society doesn't necessarily get it. Culture doesn't necessarily get it. And I have to return to myself and be like, well, do I get it? Is this still right for me? And check in with myself. And thankfully, like, I, I feel like I do have an incredibly powerful person to do that with in Brittany. And thankfully, because through sharing, through sharing that (laughs) that non-traditional path, we found a lot of other people to offer us a hand in that and just say like, hey, Mm. I know what you're talking about. I mean, that that really makes a big difference. So some of the challenges I've I've had, I feel like 
Some of them are mine on a personal level, and a lot of them aren't really mine, but I've just taken them on as an identity. And that's not bad or good, but it's, it is good to be conscious of that and to maybe choose what we want to continue identifying as. Oh, can you give an example on that? Yeah, sure. I think one that can come to mind, it doesn't have to do with polyamory, but this was like something that came up in our relationship in the beginning was like a masculine feminine kind of dynamic. Sometimes I'd, I'd be like, Brittany, let me carry one of those bags of groceries because oh people God. are going to look at me and be like, look at that jerk, like not taking care of his woman sort of thing. You know, and Brittany's like, Brittany was kind of like, forget them. Like, I want to carry them both. I'm like, this is a good workout for me. So it's like, you know, in a way, in a way that's like a small thing, but it was like, yeah. That really helped me, you know, put myself in, in, in place a little bit as like, well, how do I want to show up in the world? How do I want yeah. to be a role model for other people? And like, forget it if other people are looking at me and be like, oh, what a, what a jerk. He's making that <laughs> lady carry those groceries. It's like, that's not true for us. Right. It's actually true for us. It's like, yeah. we, both are, we both are powerful people. Yeah. That's how we want to be. We don't necessarily adhere to traditional gender roles. And so screw it. Like, let's just do our thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Brittany, how about for you? Well, one of the biggest challenges that came up for me in the first few years of our relationship was jealousy, which I think is, you know, that's maybe the number one question we got asked when people were like, polyamory, well, what do you do about jealousy? And jealousy was like one of the biggest struggles for me before our relationship and at the beginning of our <laughs> relationship. And so what I like to do with anything that's like really hard for me or like any fear or anything that's terrifying me is like, I'm like, I'm going to take this on, I'm <laughs> conquer this. So I made a mission for a while to be like jealousy. Like I'm going to learn through this. I'm going to really sit with what is coming up for me. So that was a huge journey for me for many years. And I feel like that's something I've really, that challenge has turned into like one of my superpowers. I feel like I love supporting Connor and his partnerships with other people. I love supporting people in general and celebrating their abundance. I've gotten really good at knowing that like anybody's abundance is everybody's abundance and love is love. And so that was such a beautiful thing for me to do. And I've been enjoying that. And now I've been learning more the last like couple of years about how like how to love unconditionally and how to really like, I just feel like I've been challenged to like go deeper and to really understand what it means to support another being in whatever they're feeling and, and simultaneously to be the fullness of myself. And that's been a really delicate balance. And I, I love that we don't have rules in our relationship and also recognize how like that means it's very, I think there's a lot of rules in my traditional, in my monogamous relationships, there were, and that would sort of set up what you can and can't do, but we don't have that. So that means everything is a conversation. Everything is a negotiation. Nothing is assumed. If we are assuming it's like an opportunity for us to sort of check our expectations and see, and that, so yeah, remaining autonomous and true to myself while also really doing my very best to like encourage Connor in his autonomy and to love him unconditionally. And sometimes that's meant like loving him when I feel like he's not loving what I'm doing or when it's hurting him or when I perceive that it's hurting him or when I feel like I'm not resonating with the emotion he's experiencing or sharing or the thing he's doing. Like, how do I stay open and loving during that time and not pull away and not do the thing that like 
I'm fearing isn't happening for me. You know, like, oh, I, I fear that Connor is not open and loving to me, so I'm going to pull away. Yeah. So it's kind of like another shadow of the same thing, which I think jealousy can bring up. And that's been more something I've learned. And underneath that, I've learned, you know, what do I really want here? Well, I'm crazy about this being. And I love Connor so much. And I really want to share that love with him this life and celebrate him. And I don't, that's it. And it's been become oh. simple. That's really it. That's all I want. It's beautiful. It's beautiful in its simplicity. And yet it seems so complicated. And I'm so glad that you brought up jealousy as a learning path because I've had a similar path in there and realized that, I mean, everything truly can just be a learning path. And I think I've taken on jealousy the same way, kind of like, all right, let's see what's <laughs> happening there let's dig in like what's under the hood here and what what's making me tick in ways that I, I haven't quite identified and is that how I want to be in the world so I, I think for people that consciously choose the path of open relationships or polyamory there is some whether or not it's conscious or subconscious choice to go down this path of experiencing jealousy and then learning through it and sometimes it can be really 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 hard I also love that you bring up this idea of autonomy and also being in partnership which which is a form of attachment. And I think that that's the paradox of being human, right? Is that we are all, we are an autonomous being and we live, we can't live by ourselves. We live in community. So how do we float in that, that crazy interim, you know, the in-between of, of that. And I'm, I'm going to bring us to, I think more present day for you. I'm going to catch our audience up very quickly. You've been together. You've had different relationships. I know Brittany, one of your partners moved in and you three had been living together for a year. I think shortly after your baby was born, if that's correct, that yeah. timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that now you've decided to shift your, you know, the way that you live as well. And it, and Connor, you recently got your own place. And so now you're going through yet another transition and I, I have to say, I'm going to call out one moment of a video that I saw. I saw you record. I don't, I think it was both of you talking in that, that moment, that very heartfelt moment when you decided to, to move out and to test that out and to let yourself be led. Like you said, Connor, you're, you're this is all an experiment, right? And you, you don't know exactly what's coming next. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's part of, I think, following our hearts instead of our heads and to keep going down this path and not knowing exactly where it's going to go. But in that moment, when I saw you two talk about that shift, that was very emotional. I'm wondering if you can bring us back to that moment and what you were feeling and then what you've experienced in the weeks after that. Because I think <laughs> from a traditional point of view, if you would look at people that had been living together, that then decided to not live together, that in the, I don't know, we'll call it the cultural norm is a breakup. And that's not something I experience or I don't, I don't have that perception, but I feel very alone when I try to explain that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would love for you guys to explain your, yeah, your experience of that. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And I also really appreciate you bringing that particular piece in because I think for some of our audience who just watches our videos, because, you know, they get out of it, what they get out of it, they did feel like Connor and Brittany are breaking up. And I never felt that way. I learned a new term recently when someone, when I shared what I was doing, they said living apart together. Mm -hmm. And that yes. feels really true. Like I, I love you so much and I, and I love Ilya so much, our child, and I don't want to be separated from you. I simply needed a little bit of space and the relationship that had been, that I wanted to develop in a certain way as a family for me, wasn't feeling like it was flowing the way that I, I 
felt was was good for me. And I was experimenting with that too, right? I mean, it was all just like, well, I don't know. Let's try this out. This, this is my idea. Yeah. I was pushing for it. So it's like, sure. you know, let's do this. Thing. And I think that that's good. I again, think, I was again, like, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's do it. Like, I don't know. But I think it's good. Like that. that's how I get things not out of the way, but me. I get through things. Do you remember you said you're like, I remember I was like, Connor, are you sure that's a good idea? And you're like, yes, because like, I can't be in this place anymore of like what we're doing now. Like, yeah. And it's just going to force me to push through it. And I was like, do you think that might be really hard in these ways? You're like, if it is, it's going to be like what I need. <laughs> so I've seen you. And when you talk about your life, you put up these challenges yeah. to, that are like crazy, some of them. Yeah, and that's how I roll. That's how I do things. I and love I love this. I love that. You know, and in part, I think moving on is also something like that. It's the scariest thing that I could have ever imagined for myself. Like having a child always always i was like i will do no matter what i'm gonna live with my child no matter what i don't care and that wasn't true actually i get to see Ilya as much as i want i see them every day i get to see them all day long i spend a, such quality time with them so the fear of not living with Ilya was again one of those sort of like cultural things that i think i took on as in order to be a good father mm-hmm. i have to live and i'm like i'm never never gonna not be around my children and all this stuff. And I think that's really valid. It's coming from a really good place. But if we're not able to show up with our children in a full and healthy way, then we're not really doing a service to our children when we're spending time with them. So I recognized, you know, after experimenting with this for over a little over a year, I kept coming back to like, man, is this the best thing for me? And I decided that I wasn't sure but I had this other option. And so let's see what that other option is like. And so I think it's been like two months. Not quite. Yeah. Close, yeah. Pretty close to two months. And I live in a, in a different space. And I think my quality time with both Brittany and Ilya has massively increased. And I've gotten to recognize some things in myself that I desperately want to care for and probably couldn't do in a healthy way while staying here with you and your partner. And so that's what I'm going to do, you know, focus on me, focus on my quality time, focus on mm-hmm. the beauty that that I have here in Austin, all the beautiful friends that I have and these things that I want maybe further down the road in partnership or in bigger family. That stuff will come when it comes, you know, but like right now I'm recognizing I'm really I need to take this time as a sacred space for me. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Hey, it's Megan to ask you a quick question. Does this resonate with you? Maybe you feel how I felt so many times listening to a podcast where I feel like people are talking directly to me, like they're lighting up something that's in me already. So if that is how you're feeling, I invite you to consider something. Become an Amory patron. What does that mean? That means we've got more content for you. We've got more of our journey that we can share with you. There's so much more that we can't put into the podcast format. We've got two years of journal entries, hundreds of pages that we want to share with you. We've got video journals. We've got more ways to express our learning along the path of polyamory than can fit in podcast. So please consider stopping the podcast right now and taking a look at the link. Just go to the link in our show notes and take a look at what we've got on on Patreon. And if it resonates with you, just join, become a patron for a few things. It can bring more light 
into the path that you might be on right now so we can support you more that way. And you you would also be supporting us so we can get this conversation more out into the world. We can normalize love in all of its forms. We can create this to be the world that we want to live in. And that takes all of us. And it takes all of us putting a commitment out there. Our commitment is to keep recording these podcasts for you. And we hope that you find value in them and then you can add your commitment back to us saying, hey, we value you. We're going to join you as a patron and we're going to support this journey more. I have to tell you, every time somebody signs up as a patron, it makes my heart light up. I'm like, oh my God, they're out there. Our people are out there. The people that are changing this world as we know it are out there. And that's you. So if this message is resonating with you, please don't do what I do, which is, oh, I'll do it later. Please take a moment and stop and join us at patreon.com backslash Amory podcast. The link is in all of our show notes and become a patron. Become a, join us on this journey even closer so that you can support yourself on this beautiful unfolding that is your life. Okay, that's my message for now. Back to the episode. Yeah. I have so much. I want to hear Brittany's when I, I have to put in my experience in there as well. I feel like the fact that I have my lifelong partner, Marty, and we have kids together and we both have other partners. And, you know, the story of Amory has, is Kyle as well. And Kyle was living here with us in New Zealand and then felt the call that he needed to go back to the States and he needed to do other things. And now he can't come back to New Zealand and now we're not sure where to meet up. And so I also experienced my relationships now as, you know, I, I imagine some concentrated time together and then some time apart. And I know that, you know, Marty and his partner, I think will at some points, you know, he spent 10 days with her, but I, I imagine that to kind of extend out as we as we go through time and just test out different combinations of people in different locations. And I don't see anything wrong with that. And I think that what I see you two do is kind of where I see myself as well as experimenting in different, you know, different living situations. And we have that possibility because we now travel around the world. But I think we'll, we will continue to experiment with that. What does it feel like when we all four live together? What does it feel like if two and two are living together and we flip-flop? different periods of time, like all of that to me doesn't feel wrong. It just feels like what is the thing that each of us needs in this particular moment and how, how can we best do that? And not that it's always going to be comfortable for all of us because it's far. I feel far from Kyle right now and I miss him very, very much. I know he misses me. And, but at the same time, we realize that we want each other, you know, more daily in our life. So it's like having these periods, I think can be really healthy. And I would love to change the societal norm of what's right or wrong or all of the outside judgment about how you're supposed to live. Anyway, that's just my, my oh, two cents. I really that. So much your experience with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's this like, I feel closer with you than ever before. And I feel closer with me than ever before. And that's just been consistent throughout our relationship. And we've done radical things at different radical times. And like every time we do something big and new, it feels like the biggest thing we've ever done. And feels like, this is so scary. And mm-hmm. also I feel this like feeling of like fear. And also like, I know this is the right thing to do. And a lot of times for me, the fear does guide the right thing to do. It's like, this is what I've been resisting because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And what this time has been for me, in addition to being similar to what you said, a great time to sort of like connect with myself in a way I never have before. It's a time, it's a time to feel like what is real between us gets to continue to be rebirthed every day. 
and what has been gripping, what I've been gripping to as an attachment because of stuff like that has nothing to do with Connor because of stuff from my childhood, just because of ways I never healthfully matured and I attached to other beings just like out of, I think like not the the most ideal caregiving that a human could have ways I've attached to Connor. Now I'm getting to see like, okay, like some things I thought were love are actually me gripping to this being mm-hmm. to validate me to like, how much have I looked to Connor for like my, my internal love and approval and like how much have I like feared upsetting him because then I won't be loved or feel worthy. And those are the kind of things I get to be with every day now. And they're painful And when I realize and see them for what they are, it's so liberating and it feels so good. And then I'm more available Mm -hmm. to like really be myself and really love Connor and really love me and feel like when, like every time I feel like a new release of an attachment, I feel like I get to feel the genuine attraction that's here for me. And that's what I'm finding is like, it's kind of cool to see like, well, how, how much do we resonate with each other? Like, are we like, if we're not attached to each other, like, are we genuinely in love with each other? And mm. I've always wanted that relationship where you wake up every day and, and you get to like really choose to be around the people that you're around and to celebrate them. And, and I feel that now. And it's so fun for me to feel like, you know, when we're around each other now, for the most part, I feel like we're just, we both really have that intention. Like we want our time to be powerful and love mm-hmm. and potent. And also on a practical scale, I do feel like we have a lot more quality time. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're a lot more present, both of us. I think we feel a lot more empowered. I think I've been having more fun with you. You're really funny. I feel like we're we're lighthearted. And time-wise, you know, Connor, we're at the house right now. I still consider this your home. I love that you're here a lot, that it's still like a home base for all of us. And yeah. yeah, it's a total win and it's been totally scary and it doesn't feel scary today. It feels right. like, and I have more, more days than not where it feels like really good and I feel so open to the future and it's really just shedding more layers of ideas of what anything's supposed to look like so I can be open to what feels real and alive. Yeah. Wow. I love that you both brought up this idea of fear and what you most fear and how that creates this like grip. And even Connor used the words never, like I'll never mm-hmm. be separated or live in a different house. And I have found again and again in my life, every time I say never, it's <laughs> like I call it into the universe and the universe is like, oh yeah, you think so? Yeah, here you go. You're going to try this. It is those fears. It's like, I wish I, oh God, the way that I feel it is that like, as soon as we create a never, we create a rule for the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like the universe's job or life's job to bring it in and go, oh yeah, that, that doesn't really exist there and you're gonna find out and here's, and here's how. Such a strange relationship between those fears and like you said, Brittany, that you're you know, stepping into them and recognizing that being led by that too. And I resonate so strongly with what you said about feeling like you've depended on Connor for your sense of worthiness and not wanting to make him upset because my journey with Marty has been very similar. We met when we were 20. And in some ways, like you said, Connor, I, we attached in a certain way then that 
that had we not opened up our relationship, I wouldn't have had the contrast to see some of those unhealthy uh, attachments. Mm -hmm. And so we're just diving into attachment theory now and, and really digging in. But I, I, I love doing all this experientially. And I think that's the fun part of having the experience and then sharing it. And I look at you two and, and even I know Brittany, your partner, Bridget has been in some of the videos as well. And, and there's been this openness about sharing where you're at and what you're going through. And I have to ask, because I'm on a, a similar journey there as well. <laughs> but for you too, how, what has called you to share? I mean, is there something in you that is like, how does that work? How do you navigate what you share, what you don't share? I could ask the whole thing about, I could do another hour just on this part alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I want to know your perspective on, on the sharing of your life openly with, mm -hmm. with people. Well, for me, I know it's just been an immediate positive feedback loop. Uh, as soon as I started making videos, there were so many positives to it. Not only building an outside community that supports me directly, but having a community that then I can support in these kind of like offshoot ways. And also, I found that YouTube really helped me see myself especially in the beginning when I'd record a video and I'd be editing the video. Of course, in the beginning, it was very meticulous. Now, I don't even watch the videos. I just like, okay, we did a good job. Intro, outro, good to go. <laughs> but in the beginning, it was like, oh, do I need to cut this out? Do I need to cut that out? And it was like, you get to see how you speak and show up. You get to hear yourself. You get to hear the language you use, the narration you use. It was such a wonderful self-discovery and self-growth tool for me that it had me, it had me hooked. And then even just to have 30 people watch my video in the beginning when I was making these on my own, it was like, oh my God, 30 people care about whatever this thing is that I just was thought of and it shared. It was really amazing. And that, oh. that power, the power of some platform, whatever it is, YouTube or podcast or writing, mm -hmm. has really captivated me. And I don't think I'll, I'll ever do anything different. The mm -hmm. shadow side to that is getting a little too caught up in mm -hmm. the analytics and the feedback and maybe coming up against criticism where because you start attaching your identity to whatever good comments i guess and thumbs up and mm -hmm. oh this video got 10,000 views and last week it was 15,000 what did i do wrong so that's been good too and i think it's really helpful just to just to say that there is this kind of other maybe shadow side to platforms which connect to productivity and acceptance and so that's been really good for me as well just to, mm. to find the acceptance within myself specifically the things that Brittany and i share i couldn't be more proud of and excited about especially when they're messy because it is yeah. something i know as a child mm. i really never yeah. got to see Everything happened behind closed doors. I didn't really see anyone emote too heavily. And if you did, not necessarily in my family, but, but outside, what I saw as a kid growing up was like, emote up to here, and then that's it. And as you get older, that bar gets lower. <laughs> it's like, emote less. It's making people uncomfortable. Yeah. And so yeah. for us to be able to just be like, hey, y'all, this is where we're at. Um, yeah. believing, and I think it's also really helpful for people to know it's okay to feel. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I just like, yes, yes, yes. Everything you just said. <laughs> Brittany, how about for you? Yeah. How's that path? That's a huge part of it for me. I, I love everything you shared. I totally resonate with all that. And to add to that, I found that 
Well, since I was young, I've had this vision that like, I love the idea of everybody sharing their passion with the world and what resonates with them with the world. And my dad told me when I was little, he's like, find what you love doing and make that your work because then you'll love every day of your life. And he really has done that. And I realized in my own work, I had, um, I did a number of things, but before Connor and I linked up, I had a channel on minimalism and I was traveling and doing lightweight backpacking and sharing a lot about that journey. And I realized as much as I loved what I did every day, I would kind of like prolong my work time to be in relationship, whether that was like catching up on text with friends or like holding space for somebody or like at that time chatting with Connor, like these big in-depth talks. And I realized like, what I love most is relationship. This is yeah. what, this is my passion in this life. And this is what I want to do. And this is what I spend my free time doing. This is what I'm doing all the time. So to feel like this is my passion, I want to share it with the world. I want to add value to the world has been a huge piece of it. I think that we learn really well from storytelling and from personal stories, as opposed to people saying like, this is what you should do. What I like learning from is when someone says like, well, my experience was, blah, 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 blah. And I love that element of what we do. And then just feeling like if everybody shares what is alive in them and we get to, I just feel like we get to grow in this way. Oh, here I go. I I came (laughs) back around guys. I got it. Um, I didn't have these these resources. We didn't have these resources. Um, And I really want to be able to offer that to others, especially in such, the Nietzsche topic. And I love that what we talk about are things that are really normally taboo, like open relationships and sex positivity. And even what we're sharing around the type of parenting we're doing just feels Mm -hmm. like not a lot of people are talking about this. And I feel like we're down to like talk about everything. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And oh my gosh, this is why I love you too. Because you, you really, I could say the same thing that you said about yourself in the learning journey about hearing the reflection back and learning through that all the way to, we didn't have resources necessarily. We weren't really looking for them because we could have found yours, I think, <laughs> in the beginning of our, of our experiences. But yeah, I mean, all of that and more and more. I feel like I could talk to you both for hours. You feel like very kindred spirits and on a very similar learning journey. And I think one of the most important things that, that we'll, we'll call it the collective we are doing right now is being willing to be vulnerable and share even the messy parts, especially the messy parts, because we didn't see it. And I think if we want healthy relationships, we've got to have, we've got to have access to people that are going through these things and willing to share it. And I see you show up so big for so many people like that. And I love that you continue to follow your hearts and not necessarily know exactly. It's not about knowing because that's based on the past, but following your hearts into what feels good and teaching people along the way to value their, their feelings and honor that. And I know that you've got so many resources that you've already created. I would love for you if you can take a minute to share with our audience on where they find you, if they want to learn more about your experiences, how do they do that? Awesome. Well, we have two YouTube channels. One is, they're both under our name. So like you said, if you just Google, you can find it. But we have one specifically on lifestyle and family, and then one on sex and relationships. And then we also have our uh, website, connorandbrittany.com, where we have a membership platform, Healing Jealousy program that Brittany created, creating epic relationships program for individuals, couples, triads, and so on. Anyone who wants to kind of increase their relationship. And a lot of other resources at connorandbrittany.com you can check out. Yeah, and we have an Instagram as well. That's right. 
Yeah. Oh, you're so fun. I love your Instagram stories because you just share normal clips of your everyday life. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen you specifically, Brittany, doing a workout or doing some yoga. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go do a handstand. <laughs> Why not? Like you influence me in such a good way. Or you share like some good cooking that you're doing. And I just, I feel like I've, I've kind of learned that from you as well as we share clips of our lives because it's like mini storytelling, right? It's a, it's a, it's a way into people. And I, I am like you, I don't want to tell people how to do life because I don't feel like that's my place. And I, I feel like everybody, the whole journey is for people to find that space inside of themselves and to learn that and to feel empowered and making the decisions that work for them. So I like that we've got a similar storytelling way um, and identify around that. And where I would love to see this going is connecting with more people that are, are on this path, because I think that there's power and strength in numbers. And so, like you said, Brittany, you're, the opportunity to connect with like-minded individuals, I feel like I'm just beginning that. And uh, maybe that's a journey. The collective, the bigger we can go yeah. on as we, as we go down this path. Well, yeah. let's share our people we, we meet so, you know, yeah, we, we can, can keep it growing because, yeah, we're like always always down. And I, and I just want to give a shout out to Austin, too, and say that there is an incredible, wow. supportive, open yeah. community here. And I'm just so proud to be a, a part of this space. So if you're one of those people that just doesn't know where to go to find like-minded folks, I just tell everyone about Austin first. Oh, Austin, little little beacon of light. I it went is. there once. I remember really liking it. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. We need beacons of light right now we need we need like what you said Brittany. we need more people to share their their light especially in times where in all honesty what we're going through as a culture i think is losing that sense of this identified structured relationship that we have in society and i think it's we got a big learning curve to go through so anyway could talk for hours. I just want to thank you so, so, so much for your time and attention and for sharing your story and for joining, joining me here and on Amarine, sharing your voice with us. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Amory. We've got so much more that we want to share with you. And our podcast isn't the only platform. We've got written stuff, we've got videos, and we put everything. We've got 50 plus posts now and more and more every day of all of our private journal entries. We're talking our intimate content here. Um, And that's for those of you who wish to go on a deeper journey with us. Um, We think that there's so much more value that we can share with a smaller group of people who are really ready to do the work in your own lives. If that's you, please take a look at our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Amory podcast. There's so much more that we'd love to share with you. Um, And if you're not able to contribute on a monthly basis, you can always share us. Share with your friends, do a post. We appreciate anything that you can do to help us get the word out to have more vulnerable conversations in this world. Thanks again.